Do you have the trouble of staying focused? I mean, there's just times where you set forth a task and, and, and this has got to be done, but a distraction seems to come and get in the way. I know remaining focused and being focused is really something that is very difficult for probably all of us. But we need to learn to do whatever we can to try to remain focused, to be on task. I know that I've got things I need to do that's got to be done, and, and this is an important task. This is more important here than it is over here, and I've got to get that done. But then a distraction comes in, knocks it all out of the whack, and just throws me off, Right? And I know that that's very important in our everyday lives that when we, we start to put together that list uh, of priorities that we become very easily distracted. So I thought about this as well because it's very, very important for us to realize that we need to stay focused even in our spiritual lives, right? Very much so. I mean, I want to go to heaven. I know that you want to go to heaven. But if our focus is not on heaven, what happened? So we need to make sure that our focus is on those things that are necessary that will help us get to heaven. And I know that you can agree with that very much so because this is what our life is about. God put us here on this earth to live for him and that we would serve him. And that we're only in a test, if you will, or a, I don't know what the actual word might be, is a prerequisite of what we're going to be doing in heaven. Right? And so we need to be focused. And I think that it's very important that we understand that in our everyday lives. You know, we speak about Jesus, and, and based on the text that we find in Hebrews 12, 1 through 3, we're reminded there how that we are running a race and that we're pressing toward a prize, right? A prize. And he is like at, at the end of that race, waiting for us, cheering us on that we can win that race, that we can make it to the end of that race, and we can see him through the eye of faith. We, can, we, we want to keep our focus there. Sometimes we bring to the forefront of our thoughts how that Peter, when he was out on that water, and how he had walked on the water and was on his way to Jesus. And as long as he was focused, his eyes on Jesus... He was fine. But as soon as he realized that the winds were boisterous, the seas were boisterous, and he took his eyes off of Jesus, is when he began to sink. And so in our everyday lives, and likewise, spiritually speaking, we can sometimes feel like we are sinking because we've not kept our focus where it ought to be. And so, misplaced priorities are being easily distracted and will hinder us in our goal. Now, as a congregation, and that's what we would consider this morning, that as a congregation, 
as members of the Lord's church here at this place, we are mindful of our focus. Open your Bibles, if you will, to Romans chapter 16. Romans chapter 16. And as the book of Romans closes, I want us to pay close attention to a few verses that brings us this particular chapter and uh, chapter 16 and then and really the entire book to an end in verse 25 of Romans 16 notice the apostle writes now to him that is of power to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ according to the revelation of the mystery which was kept secret since the world began but now is made manifest and by the scriptures of the prophets according to the commandment of the everlasting God made known to all nations for the obedience of faith to God only wise be glory through Jesus Christ forever. Amen. What is so very important is that we keep our focus, our focus on Christ. But that means that I must be concerned about those things that concern Christ, right? I mean, if my focus is really upon Jesus, then I must love the things that he truly loves and what Jesus loved. And not only do we ask ourselves this question, what would Jesus do in this particular situation? We also become knowledgeable about what Jesus didn't do in particular situations as well. Because you see, as we study our Bible regularly, and particularly as Christians, we want to study the gospel accounts that pertain to our Lord's life. And we can see clearly what he did in so many different situations, and we want to be like him. And as we think about keeping our focus or keeping the main thing the main thing. I want you to remember, first of all, this particular point. And it's called sound doctrine. Sound doctrine. It's an absolutely necessary to keeping the main thing the main thing. Well, sound doctrine is healthy teaching. And that is, which is healthy teaching is that which comes directly from God. And whatever comes from God is good for the soul. And if this teaching comes from God, I can be sure and you can be sure that it is what, that which is good for the soul. Sound doctrine, healthy teaching is that which has been approved by God. And that is why that the man who follows the instructions of the Lord is approved by God. That is why that the man who follows those instructions is following healthy teaching, isn't it? Healthy teaching, which is sound doctrine, is good for the soul and it is approved of God, by God, in every way. Now just think about that marvelous sermon from the mountaintop that is recorded in Matthew chapters 5, 6, and 7. The Sermon on the Mount. Now there's a sermon that ought to be studied very regularly. Some have said that it is the constitution of the Christian. 
Brother Foy Wallace Jr. called these messages that can be found in that great sermon, Kingdom Pointers. Kingdom Pointers. V.P. Black went as far as to say that that is the greatest sermon ever preached. And if the earth is still standing some 10,000 years from this point, it will still be the greatest sermon that was ever preached by the greatest preacher who ever lived. Jesus the Christ, the Sermon on the Mount. So we listen to Jesus from his mountaintop sermon. And we see here someone who is particularly focused at everything that comes forth from the master teacher's lips. And that can be categorized categorized as sound doctrine, healthy teaching. And it's no wonder that the sermon closes with these words. Notice Matthew 7, 24. Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man, which built his house upon a rock, and the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat upon that house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock, a solid foundation. And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not shall be likened unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sand. And the rains descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon that house and it fell and great was the fall of it. You see, listening to the very teachings of Jesus and following them is indeed healthful. It is what makes us wise. It is what differentiates you and me from the rest of the world who is very carelessly in their handling of the teachings of the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, when we reject a part of or all of the teachings of Christ, that we can be sure that we as a congregation and in our personal lives as well are not keeping the main thing the main thing. We're not focused like we ought to be. Paul said to Timothy, he says, to continue in the things which he hath learned, continue in those things that pertain to, here's our word, words, sound doctrine. Right? Why? By so doing, Paul said, you will save both yourself, Timothy, and also them that Hear you, 1 Timothy 4.16. Continue in those things that have to do with sound doctrine or healthy teaching. Now, there is a danger. When studying our Bibles that we could become guilty of loosening where God hasn't loosed. Or God hasn't bound or binding where God did not bind. Now, with proper study, using proper uh, hermeneutical skills, being able to reason correctly, will prevent us from loosening where God has bound or binding where God has loosed. Now, a lot of people, because of environmental factors, have their scruples. And scruples, of course, are ideas of, of which we are convinced are right, even though perhaps we... We cannot go and find book, chapter, and verse. 
to support that particular scruple. But Jesus said, be careful about straining at a gnat and swallowing camels, Matthew 23, 24. But have you ever known those in their Bible study to do just exactly that? They will strain at that little, little thing right there. But yet they will accept this thing altogether. Straining in a net, swallowing a camel. For this reason, I much prefer the inductive method to studying than the deductive method in studying. Inductive logic is to argue from the facts that are presented. And then coming to a general conclusion, but so many people do just the opposite of that. They have this idea in mind. I believe that this is right, and then taking this general idea, I will go back to the Bible and back up my facts. That's not the way to do it. That's not the way to do it at all. Go to the Bible, understand the facts, and allow them to formulate what you believe. I enjoy that type of preaching that, uh, that is a called expository preaching. That is so good. Because that, that means that's, that's safe ground. I'm not preaching that type of sermon this morning. But I enjoy expository messages because of what they do. They expose everything in the scripture. And explore that text. You're able to exegete that text. And you expose everything in it. And I would much rather a congregation leave saying, I know more about that one verse than in that particular text than with me having quoted some 200 passages and you can't tell me what I've quoted. You see? I'd rather you did that. Now, I understand what is good about quoting a whole lot of passages in certain sermons because what we're doing is that we're establishing authority. And that authority is the word of God. But isn't it good just to know through proper study what each individual passage in God, God's word actually means? And that's really why we don't have a whole lot of time while we live on this earth to play around with those things that really do not interest God. Straining on that gnat. Swallowing the camels. Have you ever thought about Deuteronomy 29, 29? Where the secret things belong to God, right? I don't have to know everything. If it's something that God has not revealed, then I'm not going to worry about trying to find out about it. I'll just ask him later when I get to heaven, right? That's important. There is enough in this book that should keep our attention and keep us busy as long as we are what? Focused on Christ. Focused on God. Now, sound doctrine, that's a key to a congregation to keeping the main thing, the main thing. Keeping their focus. Now, here's something else. Number two. If we want to keep our focus... And that focus keeps the main thing, the main thing. We're going to be interested not just in sound doctrine, but also in spiritual development. Spiritual 
development. Notice in that passage in Romans 16 and verse 25 again, where Paul had said something here about the power that will establish you. He said, now to him, Jesus, that is of power to establish you according to my gospel. Now that, that word establish, to be established, that means that we are on sound footing, right? And so spiritual development is very, very important if we're going to be right in the sight of God and be approved by him. Now the Lord Jesus Christ, interesting enough, while on this earth, grew. He started out as a baby, right? And then he grew up, right? In Luke 2, 42, he grew in stature and wisdom and with favor with God and man. Now, he grew in every way that a person is supposed to grow, didn't he? In every way. Physically, mentally, socially, spiritually. And no other man ever had an impact upon human history than Jesus the Christ. But we understand that. But of course we also know that he was more a man, John 1.14, more than a man, John 1.14, because he came from God. Right? Now our Lord Jesus is interested in us developing properly. You see, all of us are interested in watching our children or our grandchildren to, to, to develop properly, right? To grow uh, properly. And so we're interested in not only them, but, but developing ourselves spiritually as well. I want you to remember with me this morning four words by way of alliteration that will help you with your spiritual development. The first word is this, identification identification. Think about that. Now this is where you and I have to be brutally honest with ourselves, right? I mean, and that can be tough. But we can be brutally honest about others, but with ourselves it seems to be different, doesn't it? Seems to be different. And, and be brutally honest with self and identify some problem areas in your life. And don't be ashamed of these as problem areas, but just be aware of them. And think about areas that need improvement. Can you do that? I hope you can. I have to ask myself this question sometimes. Am I willing to be honest with myself? Am I, am I willing to be honest with myself? Now, when we identify problem areas in our lives that, that need improvement, particularly in the area of spiritual that's where we're concerned about this morning. Now you may find that there are some areas that need some work. And maybe it's more Bible study, right? It could be more Bible study. Maybe it's more time to pray. Maybe it's, it's, it's having a, a better mind, a, a proper mind uh, when you worship. Maybe we need more encouragement in this world in which we live. Where oftentimes Christianity is being mocked all around us. Uh, maybe you need some help, some improvement in controlling your thought life. Maybe you need to change some bad habits. Uh, maybe you need more family time. 
whatever it might be. Maybe you, need, maybe you need to have a better attitude toward your job and the way you present yourself in the workplace. Maybe you have a, a, a problem with the root of bitterness. That might be deep within. Whatever it might be, I don't, know what, I don't know what it may be for you. I can only speak to myself, and you have to speak to yourself, between you and your God. But if you're interested in spiritual development, then you must be able to identify some things that are in your life that need to be developed, that need to be improved, right? Now here's the second word that I mentioned. I mentioned the word identification, but consider this word, imitation. Imitation. If I look at things that need to be improved in my life, and I know there are plenty of areas that need improvement, then to what source do I turn? How about, how about you? That's when we go back to that passage that says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, Philippians 2.5. If I'm going to be focused in my life, then I want to have this. I want to have his mind. That's what I was. But why? I want to have his mind. Why? More than any other reason, it's for this reason. Because his way works. It works. It works. When you consider Christ Jesus and his approach to life, it works. And so we need to imitate. A third word is the word incorporation. If you don't like how your life is going, then surely you've got to be honest enough to say, here are some changes that I must make. As I sometimes say to you, if you don't like your reaping, what do you have to do? Change your sowing, okay? Change your sowing. There may be some areas that you need to incorporate principles of spiritual development. Not just identifying, here's what's wrong, but what can I do to make the improvement, right? Am I going to be willing to take what I hear from the pulpit, the pulpit message, or in a Bible class, or through my personal study, or through interaction with godly people? Or if I have been speaking with someone who is a specialist in a particular field, then, and listening to that person, where can I help myself spiritually? Am I willing to put those things into practice? I you know far too often. What happens is we get angry, now, either with God's word or, or with somebody who's trying to help us or in that specialist in this field because we don't like what that person had to say. We don't like what that person has to say. We're not willing to make those changes. And if we're not, then guess what? Spiritual development will not occur by no means. But then here's our fourth word, intensification intensification to develop ourselves spiritually we're going to have to have a resolve of heart if this is what we're going to do in order to accomplish what we need whenever whatever we need to do to enhance spiritual development we must be willing to do it here's the bottom line 
If we are interested in spiritual development, and all of us as Christians should be, we will never be satisfied where we are. In our growth as a Christian, we'll never be satisfied where we are. Now, I understand this. You can be satisfied with your salvation in Christ and still not be satisfied where you are spiritually. Right? As long as you find your satisfaction in Jesus, you'll be all right. But while you find your satisfaction in Jesus, always be looking to do what? How can I improve? How can I be more like him? How can I develop where, and develop myself spiritually? How can I? I don't want to be satisfied with where I am. And part of the Christian, or the wonder of living this life in, as a Christian in Christ Jesus, is this. I don't have to stay where I am. I don't have to stay there. I can grow. A, a man learned that the hard way, but he learned it. When as a drunkard and as an abuser, he found his family scared to death of him. I mean, he, he could not hardly hold a job. He, but when he did have a job, a, a man took him under his wing, a Christian man, and he said, he goes, I want to help you. And, and I want you to be sure that you can use this help and that you can see my help. And the man knew it. So he attended a gospel meeting with that particular man. And within three days of hearing the gospel, preached just simple New Testament Christianity, he obeyed the gospel. Every night of that gospel meeting, when he came home, he would just go straight to bed. He, he, before he was baptized, his family did not know where he was going. He never did tell them. He would come home. He would go to bed. They trembled when they heard that garage door open. And because they were scared of him, every night, they had trouble sleeping. They had trouble sleeping because they didn't know what he was going to do. He was an abuser. They didn't know if he was going to come in there and just, just beat on them or whatever. He was a drunkard, an abuser. But on that night after he was baptized, he came in so excited. He felt, uh, he, he was just like, I'm on top of the world. And they felt, what does this mean? When they heard him come in so excited, they thought maybe he had been drinking again. Right? And they were in fear. And it was going to engage in abuse and maybe be harmful toward them. And the girl in that household ran down the hallway and into her room and closed that door as fast as she could, not knowing. He was so excited. Daddy finally learned just how mean he had been when he thought about his own little girl was being scared of him. And so he went into her room and he gently opened the door and he, he can't find his little girl anywhere, but he hears her sobbing in the closet. He very gently opened the door and he looks into the closet and there she is with those big brown eyes looking up at him and and tears just rolling down her cheeks. 
And he got down on her level and with tears in his own eyes, he said, Honey, I know I've been a mean daddy, but I want to tell you something, sweetheart. That old daddy doesn't live here anymore. I'm a new daddy. And you don't have to be afraid of me. You can see what happens in the Lord Jesus Christ. Every one of our sins can be forgiven. Just like that. Just like that. When we comply with the terms of the gospel. Then we have the marvelous joy to follow after this noble goal of of becoming more and more and more like our Lord. Your spiritual development. Don't be content to stay where you are. Be more and more like Him. And here's our third and final point in our message this morning. We're talking about fixing our focus. Uh, Keeping the main thing the main thing, right? And in a church atmosphere, that needs to be a commitment to sound doctrine. But not only that, we need to have more spiritual development. A commitment to that. And then thirdly, we need to have a commitment to dedicated service. Dedicated service. If you study Romans chapter 16, you're going to find numerous Christians mentioned by the Apostle Paul. And he's just going to say greetings to this one or I send greetings from this one. And it's a wonderful study. But when you read these words from these various ones, that were instrumental in establishing congregations and helping him and being involved in the work and their labor of love, I'm telling you, I want to meet these people someday. I do. Because there's not much said about them in the text. But they they were doing a labor of love to help the Apostle Paul in his work in establishing congregations. I want to meet these people. And in heaven I will. I want to find out more about them. And Paul says just enough to get me interested in who they are. I even read in Romans chapter 16 about one in verse 23 whose name is Cordus. And all he says, he's a brother. That's it. Cordus, he's a brother. I wonder who he was. Evidently, he was someone who was very helpful to the cause of Christ. And Paul says, by the way, when you're giving, when you're giving greetings to the brethren back there, mention about Portis, because I'm thinking about him. He's a brother. He's somebody that evidently meant a lot to the church in this particular place, because Paul talks about his devoted service. Jesus Christ was a devoted servant. He came not into this world to condemn it, but to save it. John 3, 16 and 17. He came not into this world to be ministered unto, but to minister. He gave his life a ransom for many. Mark 10, 45. He emptied himself. Philippians 2, 7. The Prince of Glory comes, came to live among men, and basically he came to be a blessing when we follow him if we're interested in Serving. Dedicated service. So we ask ourselves this question. When we are keeping the main thing, 
the main thing. When we've got our focus where it needs to be, we ask, where can I be used? Where can you be used in the service of our Lord? You'll find that there are plenty of places where you can be used in the Lord's service all the time. But it's up to you. Based on sound doctrine, committed to spiritual development, and then be committed to dedicated service. But in order to do that, you have to be a Christian, don't we? Very much so. You see, Jesus came to this earth to live and to die for you and I. And when he came to this earth, he came to become a man. God, man. But he died on that cross just like any man would die. He was buried just like any man could be buried. But he rose from that grave like no other man has rose from the grave. To never die again. And he's my Savior. Is he yours? Are you willing to believe that Jesus is the Christ? The Son, the living God, that came to this earth to live and to die for you? Very personal. Are you willing to, to repent of those sins that have brought you to this point that you say, I can't live that life anymore like that drunkard and that abuser father? Are you willing to, to make that good confession that Jesus is the Christ? And then go down into the waters of baptism to be buried in that watery grave to rise to walk in newness of life. A new person. That old daddy doesn't live here anymore. I become a new Charles. You become a new, you put your name there. To then live faithfully until the end. Or if Christ comes back before you die. To be able to go to heaven and be with God in Christ. You might be here as a Christian, a child of God, but you haven't been living faithfully. Maybe you haven't been growing in your spiritual development because you haven't been looking and keeping focused on the sound doctrine. Thus, it hurts your dedicated service. You can repent of that. Pray that God will forgive you. We'll pray with you and for you. The time has come. It's up to you. Are you resolved to make things better? Or are you resolved to linger? Won't you come as together we stand and sing?